The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 3, The Guillotine, Book 4, Terror, Chapter 2, In Civil War. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan, Book 4, Chapter 2, In Civil War. But during these same hours another guillotine is at work on another, Charlotte for the Girondins dies at Paris today. Chalier by the Girondins dies at Lyon tomorrow. From rumbling of cannon along the streets of that city, it has come to firing of them, to rabid fighting. Nievre-Chol and the Girondins triumph, behind whom there is, as everywhere, a royalist faction waiting to strike in. Trouble enough at Lyon, and the dominant party carrying it with a high hand. For indeed the whole south is astir, incarcerating Jacobins, arming for Girondins. Wherefore we have got a Congress of Lyon, also a Revolutionary Tribunal of Lyon, and anarchists shall tremble. So Chalier was soon found guilty of Jacobinism, of murderous plot, address withdrawn dagger on the 6th of February last, and on the morrow he also travels his final road along the streets of Lyon, by the side of an ecclesiastic with whom he seems to speak earnestly, the axe now glittering high. He could weep in old years, this man, and fall on his knees on the pavement, blessing heaven at sight of federation programs or like. Then he pilgrimed to Paris to worship Marat and the mountain. Now Marat and he are both gone. We said he could not end well. Jacobinism groans inwardly at Lyon, but dare not outwardly. Chalier, when the tribunal sentenced him, made answer, My death will cost this city dear. Montelimar town is not buried under its ruins, yet Marseille is actually marching under order of a Lyon congress, is incarcerating patriots, the very royalists now showing face against which a General Carteau fights, though in small force, and with him an artillery major of the name of Napoleon Bonaparte. This Napoleon, to prove that the Marseillaise have no chance, ultimately, not only fights, but writes, publishes his Supper of Beaucaire, a dialogue which has become curious. Unfortunate cities with their actions and their reactions violence to be paid with violence in geometrical ratio, royalism and anarchism both striking in, the final net amount of which geometrical series what man shall sum. The bar of iron has never yet floated in Marseille's harbour, but the body of Rebecca was found floating, self-drowned there. Hot Rebecca, seeing how confusion deepened and respectability grew poisoned with royalism, felt that there was no refuge for a republican but death. Rebecca disappeared, no one knew whither, till one morning they found the empty case or body of him risen to the top, tumbling on the salt waves, and perceived that Rebecca had withdrawn forever. Toulon, likewise, is incarcerating patriots, sending delegates to Congress, intriguing in case of necessity with the Royalists and English. Montpellier, Bordeaux, Nantes, all France that is not under the swoop of Austria and Samaria seems rushing into madness and suicidal ruin. The mountain labours, like a volcano in a burning volcanic land. 
Convention committees of surety of salvation are busy night and day. Convention commissioners whirl on all highways, bearing olive branch and sword, or now perhaps sword only. Chaumet and municipals come daily to the Tuileries, demanding a constitution. It is some weeks now since he resolved in town hall that a deputation should go every day and demand a constitution till one were got whereby suicidal France might rally and pacify itself, a thing inexpressibly desirable. This, then, is the fruit your anti-anarchic Girondins have got from that levying of war in Calvados? This fruit, we may say, and no other whatsoever. For indeed, before either Charlotte's or Chalier's head had fallen, the Calvados war itself had, as it were, vanished, dreamlike, in a shriek. With seventy-two departments on one side, one might have hoped better things. But it turns out that respectabilities, though they will vote, will not fight. Possession is always nine points in law, but in lawsuits of this kind, one may say it is ninety and nine points. Men do what they will want to do, and have immense irresolution and inertia. They obey him who has the symbols that claim obedience. Consider what, in modern society, this one fact means. The metropolis is with our enemies. Metropolis, mother city, rightly so named, all the rest are but as her children, her nurslings. Why, there is not a leathern diligence with its post-bags and luggage-boots that lumbers out from her, but is as a huge life-pulse. She is the heart of all. Cut short that one leathern diligence. How much is cut short? General Wimfen, looking practically into the matter, can see nothing for it but that one should fall back on royalism, get into communication with Pitt. Dark innuendos he flings out to that effect, whereat we Girondins start horror-struck. He produces, as his second-in-command, a certain ci-devant, one Comte Puisset, entirely unknown to Louvet, greatly suspected by him. Few wars, accordingly, were ever levied of a more insufficient character than this of Calvados. He that is curious in such things may read the details of it in the memoirs of that same ci-devant Pissuay, the much-enduring man and royalist. How our Girondin national forces, marching off with plenty of wind music, were drawn out about the old chateau of Brecourt in the wood country near Vernon, to meet the mountain national forces advancing from Paris. How on the 15th afternoon of July they did meet, and, as it were, shrieked mutually and took mutually to flight without loss. How Puisset thereafter, for the mountain nationals fled first, and we thought ourselves the victors, was roused from his warm bed in the castle of Brecourt and had to gallop without boots, our nationals in the night watches having fallen unexpectedly into Sauve-Quipo, and in brief the Calvados war had burnt priming, and the only question now was whether would to vanish, in what hole to hide oneself. The national volunteers rush homewards faster than they came. The seventy-two respectable departments, says Mayan, all turned round and forsook us in the space of four-and-twenty hours. Unhappy those who, as at Lyon, for instance, had gone too far for turning. One morning we find placarded on our intendance mansion the decree of convention which casts us hors la loi into outlawry. 
placarded by arcane magistrates, clear hint that we also are to vanish. Vanish indeed, but whither would? Gorsar has friends in Ren. He will hide there. Unhappily, he will not lie hid. Guadet, Langevinet are on crossroads, making for Bordeaux. To Bordeaux, cries the general voice, of valour alike and of despair. Some flag of respectability still floats there, or is thought to float. Thitherward, therefore, each as he can. Eleven of these ill-fated deputies, among whom we may count as twelfth friend Riouf, the man of letters, do an original thing. Take the uniform of national volunteers and retreat southward with the Breton battalion as private soldiers of that corps. These brave Bretons had stood truer by us than any other. Nevertheless, at the end of a day or two, they also do now get dubious, self-divided. We must part from them, and with some half-dozen as convoy or guide, retreat by ourselves, a solitary marching detachment through waste regions of the West. End of Book 4, Chapter 2